0: Hello, this is Daniel Bayon. I've been podcasting for almost two years, and I just about a month ago found out how to submit, um, uh, manually submit my feed to Apple Podcasts. Well, anybody's getting into podcasting and wants Apple Podcasts, their show on Apple Podcasts, come here and use Anchor Podcasts. Hello, welcome to Port, This is Daniel Vayon with Daniel Vayon's views of 83 weeks in counting, and welcome to part two of the road to Starcade '96. 96. Starcade '96 was December 29th, 1996. So that's how I had to do two, a two-part episode on the road to it. Just so spoke about November 25th, November 2nd, but Gotta talk about November 9th, 16th, and the 23rd. So I'll just read about that on the, uh, on the website, ProWrestling.Fandom. All I know is that Chris Jericho had a match in this episode. Let's see, uh, go all the way down on here to where you get the Monday Nitro. December 9th, 1996 Michael Wall Street defeated Mike Enos, humorous defeat of the renegade Cruiserweight Champion De Malenko defeated Jimmy Graffiti to keep the cruiserweight title Ming and the Barbarian, also known as the Faces of Fear, with Jimmy Hart in their corner, defeated the Nasty Boys. Because Jericho defeated Bobby Eaton. Um, With the... Lion's Tamer, I believe. I believe he called it the Lion's tamer I really it's been so long since hearing him use it, since seeing him use it, that I forgot what they called it or what he called it. The disappointing thing in Chris Jericho's words was that these types of matches were disappointing, not the match itself, but his character was disappointing because he didn't have a personality, and that's what he needed if it was going to carry him in this company. It would have, so in other words, it would have been better, this match, especially this match, would have been better if he had been allowed to use his personality. I just want to know if he used the, uh, <coughs> the lion salt or Boston Crab is really what it's called. You know what? I'm realizing it doesn't even matter what he used to win. The fact is he won. Next, an Anderson... Defeated Sergeant Craig Pittman, Diamond Dallas Page, defeated Jeff Jarrett in a U.S. Championship tournament quarterfinals match with the Diamond Cutter naturally, and Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner ended in a no contest. And in the next next week, Lord Steven Regal defeated Psychosis to keep the TV title with three minutes and fifty-two seconds left in the fifteen-minute time limit. Big Bubba Rogers defeated Chavo Guerrero Jr. Chris Jericho defeated Masahiro Chono by disqualification. Dean Malenko defeated. David Timmartino to keep the World Cruiserweight title. Ice Train defeated Jerry Flynn. Ray Mysterio Jr. defeated Bobby Eaton. Kevin Sullivan defeated Orin Anderson, which that's a shock. And then Rick Steiner versus Sting ended in a no contest. Hmm. And the faces of fear... And the outsiders wrestle to a no contest. So next, uh episode of nitro was on monday was on the 23rd of december eddie guerrero defeated chris manuel in u.s heavyweight title tournament semifinal match lex luger defeated tombstone Rey mysterio jr defeated mr j l glacier defeated buddy lee parker um the amazing french canadians defeated the public enemy by a disqualification Big Bubba Rogers defeated Conan by disqualification. Lord Steven Regal versus Dean Malenko ended in a time limit draw in a World T V title match. And Jeff Jarrett defeated Rick Steiner. Because this was the last Nitro episode before Starcade, I'll read the other segments. They conduct Gene Okerlund conducted an interview in the aisle with all four members of the Horsemen, including Steve McMichael's wife at the time, Deborah McMichael, with Oren saying Benoit wasn't focused and that's why he lost his match earlier in the show. Oren then said he took a beating from Sullivan the previous week because Benoit wasn't around to take it himself. After Arne asked Benoit where woman was, Deborah insulted woman and called her damaged goods. Benoit said he and woman were in Germany, tending to horseman business. Then told Steve to talk to the hand when he tried to intervene. Once Benoit turned his attention to Deborah and her comments, Claire said woman deserved a weekend with Benoit after living with Sullivan ten years, and said he. Intended to reunite the horsemen and have them por- party for the holidays. Then they included an entering promo by heavyweight champion Hollywood Hogan alongside Teddy DiBiase, Vincent, and Elizabeth, in which he cut a promo on facing Roddy Piper at Starcade. Hogan then said that Piper Savage and Flair were nothing compared to him and dared Piper. To come out and face him. That, then and there. Knowing he wasn't really in the building. Then they featured an announcement. That the coming weekend Saturday night. Would be a year in review edition. And the reason. He wasn't there. Was probably because. He was on set for his. Right pipe. The reason Piper wasn't in the building. Was because he was probably. In the at In the set for his newest movie, which they showed a trailer after the, at least two segments for his new movie called Marked Man. And they fe- also featured a clip from the previous week of Sting dropping the N.W.O. Sting with a in- reverse DDT and fighting off members of the Horsemen and Rey Mysterio Jr. when they attacked him near the closing of the show. Now that I do remember seeing. They included an ad promoting the Outsiders t-shirt. They featured a closing entering ring promo by Hogan, in which Hogan claimed Piper sent a word that he admitted Hogan was the true icon of wrestling, again knowing Piper wasn't in the building. Piper's music then began playing with Eric Bischoff walking out dressed like Piper, this time with a red and yellow Hulkamania t-shirt on. The rest was uh was dressed like Piper. The killed the bagpipes. So they were obvi- they were definitely mocking him. And he pretended to be Piper and he told Hogan that he had no right to be in the ring with him at WrestleMania and wanted to go ahead and have the match with him then and there. McPatrick then came out to officiate as Piper laid down for Hogan. Patrick made the three count. As, quote, Piper said Hogan was the reason he had a house and was able to feed his family, a bagpipe band came ringside playing Scotland the Brave with with Piper eventually walking past them, entering the ring and fighting with Hogan until members of the NWO ran out. The real sting was then shown watching from the rafters as the entire N.W.O. assaulted Piper, with security then running out to break of the attack as the show ended. Hmm. okay let me see okay okay that's all i have to say right here and i'll talk about the rest on anchors on the anchor uh app thank you and goodbye Hello, this is Daniel Bayon with uh, Daniel Vaon's Views of 83 Weeks and Accounting. I'm going to continue talking about Jeff Jarrett in WCW and then in the WWF in 97. But right now I'm going to go back to talking about Monday Nitro, and Monday Night Raw. Uh, Night after World War III was what I want to talk about. November 18th, 1996. Lex Luger and Orrin Anderson are also to a double countout in a match for the US title tournament. As I recall, November 25th was, um, the night after, um, World War III, so, go to November 25th, and I believe that was, um, what I was just talking about, so let me make sure of that. Yeah. So after that match happened, out came uh, Eric Bischoff. This was exactly one night after he had uh, a <clears throat> he had he and Hogan had embarrassed Roddy Piper in a contract signing where <clears throat> they spray where one of them spray painted NWO on uh, Roddy Piper's. the place the hip which has the replacement in it and he came out and he had explained why he joined the NWO and he said I could still move my toes around the the morning after getting power bombed by Kevin Nash and I said do I want to be consumed by this or do I want to be a part of it And he said, I'm the highest ranking executive, not just in NWO, but in all of WCW. So all of you people that are not in the NWO, y'all have exactly one month from today to convert your contracts, WCW contracts, into NWO contracts. So, So you're either with us or you're against us. So, out came Marcus Alexandra Bagwell, and he was telling Scotty Riggs, you are not going to out- talk me out of this. So, he walked in, and he joined, walked in the ring, and he joined the NWO. Next thing you know, after hugging uh, Scotty Riggs and telling him goodbye, he let Scotty Riggs turn around and gives him an egg breaker. To really solidify that he's not just a part of the NWO for for um for financial security, he's in he's in NWO for his own sake too. Meaning he saw his career's going nowhere, so he thought this was the only way he could get he could get going forward in his career or advance in his career. In the next match D D P hit just Inferno with the uh, Diamond Cutter to beat him. Lord Steven Regal beat Tony Pina or Pina. I, do, I think it's Pina though. Pina to keep the TV title. Me and Gene interviewed Rick Steiner and Rick Steiner said that there's himself and his brother have been in uh, Scott have been in uh, Japan wrestling for WCW and he said that he and himself and Riley Piper and several other WCW men or WCW through and through but he can't could not believe what Sting was doing and he couldn't believe what how Marcus Bagwell had turned and joined the NWO and he said out oh, they're going to be unstoppable because ...of himself and his brother and Piper and all these other people standing for WCW. They go to a break, but before they go to the regular commercial break, they do a promo for the Outsiders' new t-shirt. Next, Eddie Guerrero beat Conan in a match in the U.S. title tournament, he to advances in the tournament... Rick Steiner was hit with a uh, scorpion death drop, as it was called later on by the real sting. And because it was behind the referee's back, the referee didn't see anything. Big Bubba got in there, ran, ran literally splashed, literally ran to make a splash onto Rick Steiner, and he pinned him for the victory. The next match, Rey Mysterio Jr. went against Psychosis. Evidently, um, Mysterio 1. Hmm. He was given a... A body slam by psychosis. The... I'm amazed, I'm amazed at how the guillotine leg drop... That... Before even calling it the guillotine leg drop... He used to use the leg drop... Onto his opponent from the top rope... While they were laying down. Got a feeling they call it guillotine because... He used to hit it on his opponents when they were in between the ropes. So he just hit a regular leg drop from the top rope. And Mysterio kicks out. Gonna go for a version of the Outsider's Edge. Gets caught with the Frankensteiner release. Hooks, goes for the cover. Looks like 2 3 Rey right? Mysterio wins this match. Mean G, by the way, who, uh, Ultimo, or Ultimate Dragon, was, uh, I guess you could call it scouting this match for the time when he's gonna have to face for Mysterio Jr. Actually, he had just beaten Rey Mysterio Jr. the night before, so he just wanted to scout him in case he had to face him again. Next segment was me and Gene interviewing Crispin Well, it looked like he got a black guy in his recent match with Kevin Sullivan. And
1: it was for you, sir. Take a look. Sullivan! Take a good look. Still here. You didn't get rid of your problem, Solomon. You made it worse. One man. One man. Not only was your best not enough, but the whole dungeon of doom wasn't enough to get rid of one man. Solomon, look into my eyes to my soul, what do you see your former self, you see the hunger, the desire, the need, there's two ways out of this Sullivan, the man's way and the coward's way, oh I'm well aware of your corporate ties in WCW, I'm well aware of the fact that you know exactly what strings to pull to have me shipped out of here. Remembered as a coward. To be honest with you, Sullivan, after this last Saturday night in Baltimore, I couldn't answer that. Tell him, woman. You
2: know, I've got to say, you're looking at this man a little differently. Kevin, I told you that if you kicked him one more time, that that was it. It was over. You said that it's been over a long time. Well, I'm making the decision it's over. All right, I thank you very much, woman. Chris Banlois, my goodness,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Where do we go from here? Stay tuned for WCW Monday Night Twelf when we return. I'll Okay, uh, next uh Ray spoke about the next match in my last, last episode. Uh I don't really know won the match, so I gotta, fast, I gotta rewind that. I think, uh, Jeff Jarrett won the match with the bigger four. When we talked about Rowdy do no What about Sting's situation? The last time we tried to draw any
2: conclusions about Sting, we obviously were wrong, and... At- with anyone in world <laughs> I just really cannot make any kind of a comment about his name and where he's headed at this point. Well, come on, today he's wearing white face paint. He's got a black long leather coat on. He's he not something we know. So, what do you think? He did a number of on Jeff Jarrett. He did one on Steiner. What do you think? What do you think? The guy worked for the Boy Scouts of America? No! He worked for the NWO. Don't jump to conclusions. That's cost awesome by Alex Wright. Well, what good would it do if we made a man? He's not doing nothing for us. Well, by golly, you have a point there, brain. Bet I do. Is that why they call you the brain? Yes. One of the reasons. <laughs> you can think of a lot of others. Uh, up, on, wrong, up on top now, Alex Wright. Alex Wright, oh, a great so. offensive, offensive moves here. One, two, and Jeff Jarrett escaped from that. Jeff Jarrett said, I would not be man. <laughs> well, he <it> was man, <laughs> but Sting can be thanked for part of that. Tried another...
0: Oh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett slapped up the figure four to win this match, that's for sure. Main event, Harlem Heat went against uh, Faces of Fear. Okay, it's, uh, went too far, so now I have to, uh... <laughs> For the...
2: Um,
0: so I have to go back to the end. <clears throat> Okay, so they, they, got interrupted by the NWO, so this was a no contest, okay. What I am, uh... So what I'm looking forward to... the, when, uh, they just reveal if, um, if the Giant chooses, um, <clears throat> to challenge Hogan with the heavyweight title or not at, uh, you know, with his victory at World War III. First match in this episode, December 2nd, 1996. It was Glacier against Hardy Body Harrison, I think he won that match. Body Harrison, as I figured, he lost to Glacier. Amazing French Canadians go against Renegade and Joe Gomez. I thank you very much,
2: Tony. We are in front of a... <coughs>
0: So they won this match also the Amazing French Canadians did. today's day and age i'm amazed even for that time i'm amazed that a renegade did not get himself and his team disqualified because he was the illegal man and he he moves referee around so that he could help his partner just have enough room so he could tag himself in today i think he would have gotten gotten disqualified <laughs> Ta- gets tagged in though by his tag partner
2: dedication, heart, determination. Yeah. They all really describe Rowdy,
0: Rowdy Piper. Yeah. And all those ingredients is what adds up to the total concoction that scares the pants off of Edward Hulk Hogan. Up on top is Willette. Willette to the top. Up over the top. Great double team and over by the amazing French Canadians. Come on, one, two, three. They beat El Gomez and uh, Renegade with a uh, Tag team combination. Well, it's more like an assisted top uh, rope senton from uh, Bayoulette from with an assist from uh, from Rujo Faces of Fear goes against the Robert Gibson and Scotty Riggs next. Let's see how, the, how this match ends. We
2: pretty much confirmed it that Piper would join us next week for Nitro when we come from the Queen City of the South and the Independence Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. The home of the nature boy Rick Claire. The home of the Horses. Look at a he can't a barbarian order. He's doing you know? this. Rick still with a lot of quickness left in him. Just rolled out of the way that time.
0: Jagged in Gibson. Let's see if they even came close to winning this match. Actually, yeah. I was amazed at that. Well, no they the lose so because of a boot to the face. This is a fair win. Next, uh, Kevin Sullivan goes against KC Sunshine. the next thing, because I wanted because I uh, just wanted to see how this ended so he yeah, has something to say in response to Chris and Trying to let it play. I don't know why it's not playing. We're just gonna pause this. Okay, let's just continue this. I don't. I guess I got to. Uh, I guess I got to play the interview with Kevin Sullivan just to know what he has to say in response. They show a replay of the finish, comes right here, running across the ring, looks like a, running into the gut of his opponent, uh over the turnbuckles, and they, I don't know if he did the running foots, fist foot out over the stomach or not, but he did make a pin and got the win. The Let's see. What he has to say to uh, to me to mean Gene Oakland. Amazing, Gene Okerlund. If he gets out of line, what I can say is run. All right, I thank you very much,
2: Tony Shamani, Larry Zabisco, Kevin Sullivan. You have been described in the past as uh, being a little sideways enough, perhaps. What we've seen here tonight, and what we've seen recently from Baltimore, Maryland, in that match between Benoit and yourself, I would have to say that you,
3: sir. Are a man possessed. A while. Mm-hmm. I thought I was the greatest chess player to ever play this game.
0: Billy Kidman comes against Demolinko next. I think Demolinko wins with uh, by submission against uh, with by by submission with the Texas Cloverleaf. Yeah, one with the Texas really relief, all right. Plenty, I don't know. He was taking pictures of this whole match. What does he do? He walks him right into Dean Malenko and he blinds him with a flash with, uh, while taking his picture. Malenko blocked their shooting star press with the knee, then he puts the uh, Texas Cloverleaf on him, expertly applied. He makes him submit. Believe next, Big Bubba loses to Jeff Jarrett. Dropkick that megaphone in his face like I said before. America's automotive super center.
2: They have everything but gas. Fit boys. Well question. you can help them out there. <laughs>
0: And Scott Steiner next want an answer from Sting. And they cut to a commercial of uh, the outsider's t shirt. Outsider official t
4: shirt backwards.
0: What I really found interesting was a few months ago. May have been even been longer than a few, it could have been several months ago. I found I saw on Twitter an old vi- an old picture of Shawn Michaels from around this time. He actually wore uh, his own Outsider's T-shirt. He must have uh, bought that to support them on on the internet or something. Or on on the phone, because he could still order by phone in those days. So, re- I found that really interesting, because... Things were... That had become so... Uh... The rivalry had gotten so hot between them, the companies, that I would find it very I think it would be even though they're friends, I would think that it would be very um taboo to wear your best friends uh merchandise from the other company. So that's why I find it interesting. See if this is a newer one or is it the same one? 20
1: bucks, tonight, Tony
0: and what here tonight usually, no next the NWO Bischoff Hall and Nash take over the announcer's table Squire David Taylor goes against Eddie Guerrero Hold on, hold on. Hmm. So I gotta rewind it a little bit. Eddie Guerrero wins with a frog splash... Next, uh, Jim Powers goes against Arne Anderson. something that was very uh, uh nice. It's got all to put Arn Anderson over like that. Talk about how he had, a, from what it sounded like he was saying that Arn Anderson had a high caliber <laughs> or high caliber athlete or high caliber at fighting or something.
2: Stinger. Oh, Stinger. <laughs> two of
4: oh, the night. Bad. I mean, two you know, it's feeling mm-hmm. really good about him you know we missed his sting Iris, nice drop kick there by powers anderson in trouble one two come on on what is going to cover that without grabbing him. what
0: is scoring against the, he's the poster boy of the, of the wcw the franchise he's been carrying the banner for years and doing a good job and tonight we're going to see what we have all been waiting <laughs> for sting and steiner in a match, but more importantly the Ooh. stinger the next edition <laughs> to radon W-O. That's it. It's gotta be over. Uh, not now. Doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. Looks like... Two... Three. Lord Steven Regal defends the TV title next. This could have been when he lost... The title to uh, Prince Ayakeya. Actually, it's against Chris Van But
1: like I said, there's a there's a little catch,
4: gentlemen. That's going to hurt the Giants' feelings. That's That's okay. He's sensitive. It won't hurt his feelings for
2: long because the deal will be <laughs> they have to defend that title. Whoever wins their tournament matchup will oh, have to defend that title against the, the G-Hank, the g man He won. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, you know what? One of the things that I promised... Remember when we talked about in the first meeting? I said, guys, no matter what happens,
0: Oh, he's bleeding. Yeah, what oh,
2: have to. Oh, oh. Have to. Uh-oh. Ben-Man
4: looks like he's
0: Hmm. This must have not been for the TV title Because I think As long as it's taking To get to a finish I think it would pass the 15 minute mark I think this was just a regular One on one match
4: Thank uh-huh. smart enough to jump. Good to have him. Can always use a pretty boy who's a hardcore redneck too. Oh. Ben, I
0: tell you what, we need this guy. Yeah, let's take him. Let's get a better look at him. What's the deal with this cameraman? You got to get these guys. Let's fire this whole crew and bring in our own, our own guys. Is this some, is this some kind of a strike by the cameraman now? Like we took over the audio, so we control the visual. This is too much. We'll bring six in the giant out here. We we'll get Vincent and Teddy out here. I think he wins with a I think he wins with this move right here, a full
3: Nelson too
0: Quick. Gets a three cap. Take either one of on that side. take both of them. Hey, I'm telling the cameraman now, you don't start shooting this stuff right. You will give me a shot. I'll tell you <laughs> One half of Public Enemy goes against, like, Sluger, that's Rock or Rock. Then Rick Steiner goes against Sting at the, in the main event. Drumroll. Let's see. Black and white. No, make no
3: mistake. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's so good to have you, Sting. Welcome aboard, buddy.
0: <laughs> Welcome aboard. You know, nice for you.
4: Oh, yeah. You can play on my team. Let's give Sting the ball and
2: just let it run. I'll block. You can hear the crowd. They, they want, want it, too. They're Everybody gonna <laughs> Sting. <laughs> They're going to get him. They're going to get him. Listen to this crowd here, for
4: Pfluger's
0: on a roll. He's to be I this won this match with the torture Rack. Hmm. Oh, on, I, like that teamwork, enemy. I admire it, but come on, Lex. You've been
4: around. You know better than that. Hey, what is this? Come on, Lex. move. Oh, now you're going to get it. They like the beer. They like the beer, too. Yeah, they like the wrap. Oh, wow, Wow. the Christmas gift for you.
0: He's letting him, if uh, he's giving him a free shot in the back, close line. Stinger, Stinger,
3: Stinger.
0: I think we used to call that Steiner line.
4: <laughs> uh-huh. on,
1: Stinger.
0: Scorpion death, block, death drop. Anthem the bat again, what what's he doing here? I mean, I grew up with during this, but I don't remember ever saying this, so it was really surprising to me. Scott stops, him grabs the bat, his older brother, throws it on the mat. It was really great riding and the beauty part is just like the horseman uh, name Came up from Arn Anderson, the whole sting, Crow Sting, came from uh, Ida came from Scott Steiner, I mean Scott Hall, so that's what makes it really great. Okay, I'm gonna have to do a two part on this, so so I can talk about the pay per view, so. Over right here. Thank you. Goodbye. Hello. This is Daniel Vale with Daniel Vale's views of 83 weeks and counting. And this, it's appropriate, I call it that, for this episode because talking about the Starcade 1996 pay per view in this episode. Start off with, they had. A unification bout for where you take the J Crown title belts that Ultimo or Ultimate Dragon um, won in Japan, and you unify them with the WCW Cruiserweight title. You see Malenko; he beat D Malenko with a suplex. Where I forgot what kind of suplex you call it. But you would you would lock the arms in before you even executed the suplex. So that's how he beat Dave Malenko. Then Akira Hokuto. After um, her manager Sonny Ono hit Medusa in the back of the American flag, uh, Akira hit Medusa with uh most like a Death Valley Driver before it was called the Death Valley Driver. And she won the she became she became the first ever WCW Women's World Champion. And the next match, Jushin Thunder Liger beat Rey Mysterio Junior with uh set out Jeff Jarrett and Chris Benoit in a notice qualification match after it was really interesting. Kevin Sullivan hit uh, Benoit with the back of the head with a chair and made sure his bat, he was laid down on his back instead of his stomach. On the outside of the floor on the outside of the ring the enforcer on Anderson was Out there, he hit Jeff Jarrett with the DDT, then he threw him back in the ring. The mistake Orrin Anderson made was not looking at the inside of the ring, so he expected Chris to pin him and win the match. So after the match was over, he was asked by a woman, what happened? He said, this is your fault. And I don't know what he meant by that, because they were both equally to blame. Anyway. The next video was a look at Sting and the NWO and how everybody, including the commentators themselves, were convinced by this time that Sting was a member of the NWO because of his actions. That's actually my favorite part of the storyline, was how you didn't know what to believe. The next, the outsiders beat the faces of fear after Kevin Nash hit Barbarian with the Jack Power powerbomb to keep the heavyweight title. In the back, Hogan cut a promo with Ted DiBiase holding the microphone and doing the interviewing. He claimed he was going to beat him in the ring. And they said that you could tell by all the words, he, everything he was saying, you could tell he was afraid of Roddy Piper. Yeah. And when we talk about, when I talk about the heavyweight title match itself, I'm going to show you what I mean. I think I still have, I think the audio still on in, in this video, so I'll just press play. Piper, the time for
5: talk... No trillionaire Ted. I already called the Hacienda man Venice Beach, California The ticker Tape Parade Is going down right now Because they're on You know that Pacific time I told them I already
0: one man I told them the victory was in the
5: bag I pinned him in the middle of the ring And all six of his kids Were crying in their cold Campbell soup. But you know I begged in fact, in when I came to Nashville, tell me it ain't so. Tell me it's
0: not really happening. Tell me that the man that wears the crinkled skirt didn't climb on the plane. Didn't already. Crinkled. I wouldn't call it crinkled. It looked pretty nice to me. <coughs> and it's not a skirt. It's a kilt. <laughs> Scotland, we call that a kilt. If it was a dress, would look strange. It doesn't look strange. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do that just for fun. I don't take it seriously. <laughs> Fly back to Mother's
5: Disaster in the Portland Pacific area, and he's not running for his life. And up until just a moment ago, I thought I was going to have to go out into the ring with thousands of thousands of Hollywood Hogan fans wearing my shirt and tell him the real truth, that Rowdy Roddy Piper ran for his life. I'm the only icon. The belt stays with the NWO. And he's scared to death. But I saw one of his snotty-nosed kids running around trying to bum a quarter to buy a Coke. And I know that Roddy Roddy Piper, no matter how much of a liar, no matter how much of a cheater, and no matter how much of a woman he really is underneath that skirt, it's the nature of the beast. You don't leave your kids behind. So all I gotta say, dudes, Hollywood style, we're going out to have fun because I ain't heard nobody say that it's Rowdy Roddy Piper today. Vince, have you heard anybody say that? How about it, if I know you had. How about you, Julian? point to put the final period on my legacy to show everybody, the people the producers, everybody in the wrestling business that i made this business, I'll make it tomorrow, and if it wasn't for me, the wrestling business wouldn't be on the map, and I'm not acting with Arnold Schwarzenegger Sylvester Stallone or any of those chumps, we're doing it the Hollywood way, Piper what you gonna do
0: <laughs> Next, uh, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, for some, not for some reason, specifically because he'd be enjoying the NWO. Scott all hits him down the referee's back With the outsider's edge. So Eddie Guerrero hits the frog splash to win the U.S. title. Uh, The Giant... but Giant, when it looked like he was going to get pinned... By Alex Luger the first time... He throws Luger on top of the referee... Knocks the referee out... But Referee Nick Patrick tried to help him... Six Pack tried to help him... And then when Sting came out... The thing they left... Well, actually six left, and Sting pushed Patrick into the corner with his bat. So, he whispered something to in Luger's ear, then he whispered something in the Giant's ear, then he left the bat in the middle of the ring. So, the Giant stepped over the bat, so to make sure the Giant didn't have any more advantage over Lex, Lex hit him in between the leg, that he hit him with the bat a couple of places and he pinned him. I like he hit him in the back of the knee with the uh, first was in the throat and then I think it was second was behind the leg. But he pushed the bat out of the ring. Very smart on his part. They pinned him to win the match. And the Giants started he had just won the the 60 man battle royal the month before this at World War 3 so when he saw how he didn't have any of his quote NWO friends with him anymore he started to slowly realize how he needed to be on his own again. He slowly realized the truth about how they really were. Speaking of that What's interesting about Hogan versus Piper was they brought down the Giant to help him. Somehow, Roddy Piper managed to get past, um, not just get past the Giant, but he managed to get past the Giant and he managed after, and then he managed to put Hogan to sleep with his sleeper hold. Then he managed to get past uh, Holland Nash with fighting. Fighting them and he managed to get out of the ring. And the other night, speaking of Viper and his ability to fight and everything, I told my mom how uh, when Brock Lesnar was quote, disrespecting himself and uh, Hogan and Paul and Nash and, uh... Ric Flair. How... Two things... That Lesnar was lucky that... Piper didn't try to take a swing at him. But I gotta be honest. After watching this and think about how old... Piper was when Lesnar did that. Piper probably said to himself, like... I'm not as young as I used to be and he's unlike anybody I've ever had to fight before. I better just go along with this. <laughs> so that's why he led that's why he got away with that. If Piper had been younger and if his body had been younger on top of that, or more importantly, if he didn't have a hip replacement and had gone through throat cancer and everything, he might have taken that opportunity to hit Lesnar. But like my dad said, all of them could have, all it would have had to take was kick him in between the legs. That's all they would have needed. So, he put him to sleep. Uh, I actually remember the night after this, They didn't even bother showing the video of what happened. They just claimed that Hogan won. And I'm still amazed. All the people that watched the pay-per-view could see that he he won the match. It wasn't for the title, so why did it matter if Piper won or lost? Well, I'm still wondering why he lied about this on TV. Hmm. Anyway, he won the match and as they went off the air... The giant didn't get in the ring to talk to them or anything. He just walked away. When Hogan got to, got, they woke it up. He ran to the back. I think he was concerned about if the giant about the giant walking away from them. So that makes the next episode of Show interesting. So I hope you enjoy part one and two of the Road to Starcade '96. And I hope you enjoy this episode um of uh, Star ninety six itself. Thank you and goodbye.